Hi guys, welcome back to Frequency 3080, a podcast that takes you on a journey into the world of fanzone. So without wasting any more time, let's get right into it. During peacetime, a scientist belongs to the world, but during wartime, he belongs to his country. These are the exact words of Fritz Haber. Haber was born in a rich Jewish family in Breslau, Kingdom of Prussia, which is now known as Rocklaw, Poland. He is regarded as the father of chemical warfare. He was working at Karlsruhe Institute of Technology when Haber and his assistant Robert Lee Rossignol invented the Haber-Bosch process. The process they developed used nitrogen and hydrogen to produce ammonia by using a catalyst osmium under high pressure and temperature. He partnered with Karl Bosch at BASF to commercialize the process. This led to the production of fertilizers which were previously dependent on the acquisition of ammonia from limited natural deposits known as guano. Haber was awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in the year 1918 for his research. Due to the successful production of fertilizer, farmers were able to increase yields and due to this the population quadrupled from what it was when Haber's process was discovered. Our earth supports 4 billion people more than it could earlier thanks to nitrogen fertilizer. Haber played a major role in the development of the non-ballistic use of chemical warfare in World War 1. In spite of the prescription of the use in shells by the Hague Convention of 1907, he later converted his laboratory to a place where he could develop chemical weapons for the war. He developed chlorine gas as a weapon alongside his colleagues. When Otto Hahn, an employee, shared his discomfort, Haber said, "Quote, innumerable human lives will be saved if the war could be ended more quickly in this way." In the month of April, German troops released chlorine gas into the war zone. Since chlorine gas is 2.5 times heavier than air, it plunged into the trenches. killing every soldier who inhaled that deadly gas chlorine gas irritates the lining of the lungs and causes them to fill with fluid drowning men on the dry land to all intents and purposes more than 67000 soldiers died haber was promoted to the rank of captain and he went back to berlin to celebrate fritz came to be highly respected in the scientific community but he was shunned when he was to receive the nobel prize the nobel prize committee recognized that even though he contributed to the creation of chemical weapons his development of haber's process meant that he was a man who had developed mankind in great ways not everyone agreed with the decision it has been reported that the famous physicist ernest rutherford refused to shake haber's hand at the nobel prize award ceremony On May 2 of 1915 after a fight with Haber Clara Emerva Haber's wife for 14 years committed suicide in the backyard by shooting herself in the heart with his service revolver She did not die instantly and her 12 year old son Herman who had heard the shot found her An interesting fact to mention here would be that she was the first woman to earn a PhD in chemistry and she was a women's rights activist and according to some accounts a pacifist the reason for her death was speculated 
to be her husband's obsession with chemical weapons, although no first-hand accounts survive to support this thought. We do know that she was unhappy from a letter she wrote to her friend in 1910 about how much she has lost due to her marriage with Fritz. The next morning, Heber left for the Eastern Front to supervise a gas attack on the Russian army. Later on, when Germany surrendered, Heber was dejected. He lost all the money he made because of patents to inflation. In the year 1934, he died of heart failure in a hotel room in Basel, Switzerland. Heber did not live to see that his research lab produced Cyclone B, which was used during the Holocaust. Walter Hirath and Bruno Tesch were behind the development of Cyclone B. We can use his story to shine a light on the duality of science and technology. The knowledge a scientist gains in his or her life can be used for good or manipulated into something evil. There are always two sides to a coin. The boost of technology and science has led to an increase in life expectancy while posing threats to future generations. If we condemn Heber's work that killed a million people, we cannot forget his contribution to the survival of a billion. It is important to note that Heber was not the only scientist to develop chemical weapons in wartime. Heber's story shows us the reality that how we exist in a grey zone of the society, neither as pure as white nor as malicious as black. Everyone has made their own fair share of mistakes. In conclusion, I urge you all to think about how the best of the ideas by the smartest of men have a way of becoming corrupted. But we should not blame technology for the way men decide to use it. What a perfect conclusion this line gives to our episode. We should not blame technology for the way men decide to use it. Via technology, we have saved many lives, but at the same time it has been a major cause that has endangered so many lives. It all depends on how we use it. And with this, we have reached the end of our episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Keep listening to Frequency 3080 and follow us on your favorite podcast platform and visit our Instagram handle of RoadTrackSD to stay tuned for our future podcasts and events. We'll see you next time. Till then, take care. Goodbye.